Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. It's good to be in church this morning. How's everyone doing? Doing well? You can grab a seat. It is uh, good to be here. Starting off the morning right, the 9am service is on fire today. And uh, we're excited about getting into a new series called The Living Word and just believing God's going to do something fresh through this. But as Will said, if you're new here today and um, maybe this is, you know, your first time in church or you've been coming a few weeks or maybe you're joining us online and you're just exploring uh, the idea of faith, the idea of Jesus, just want to say a massive welcome to you. No better place to be than in here or joining us online. And I really believe that today we'll speak to you that it will speak to us who are, who are fresh to faith, but also speak to us who maybe are seasoned in faith and really just give us a bit of sharpening or a bit of leaning in to say to, to where God wants to take us in this next season. But Christmas is right around the corner. It is crazy. Only a couple of weeks or three or four weeks away. Um, I was speaking to someone about a week ago and I said, oh, what, what do you got planned for the rest of this year? Are you going anywhere? Are you doing anything? It's like, man, it's like three weeks to Christmas. What are you talking about? And I'm like, what do you mean three weeks? Surely not. Surely we've got like eight, 12, 14 weeks left. I don't know about you, but it just crept up, came around the corner. Um, so make sure you get your presents sorted. I need to do that. Maybe I'm just speaking to myself. But uh, last night, the Socceroos came with a victory. How good was that? 1-0. And we do have a slight chance now to just get past the qualifying stage. So pray for the Socceroos and hopefully we will make it. I need someone to barrack for because the Italians didn't make it uh, into the World Cup, which really is uh, pretty embarrassing for us. But uh, we'll get there. Hopefully we'll learn from this one. But we did have a big night as well last night with our election uh, here in Victoria. And uh, I just wanted to encourage us, no matter how you see the outcome, um, that our hope is not in an outcome. Our hope is not in politics or government or in politicians or in systems and structures, but our hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. And uh, we believe that the church is still standing strong and that God has a plan for our world, for our friends and our families. And let's just believe that God's going to move in this next season like we've never seen before, that the best days are ahead of us. The best days are ahead of the church and the best days are ahead uh, for our state and our nation in Jesus' name. Psalm 20 verse 7 says this, Some nations boast in their chariots, some in their horses, in a modern day world, some in their systems, some in government, but we boast in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Amen. But also incredible news if you've been following uh, Pastor Paul's journey. I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, but this week he was uh, in operation again. He went through brain surgery. But the incredible miracle is, and I, no doubt it's because people have stood in faith and prayed and stood in the, stand in, uh, stood in the gap that it only took two and a half days before Pastor Paul was up, walking, out of hospital. It's literally a but God miracle. And I just want to encourage us, let's keep standing for full recovery, for full healing, and just believing that this year is a but God year. We're also believing for every miracle that everyone is carrying in this house, for your families and your friends. In our world, let's personally be declaring but God, a season of miracles and salvations. But our new series is called The Living Word. And really what we want to look at in this series is really just getting into the basics of the Bible, um, how we engage with the Bible. It's going to be a bit more of a teaching series, so I'm going to try not to preach 
um, and try and teach. But we're going to look at next week why we can trust the Bible. In fact, Pastor Craig and Nadia will be uh, sharing around that. They send their love as well. They're in Bali right now, uh, living the dream. Apparently, it's 33 degrees today. Um, not to make you jealous, but they're celebrating 20 years of marriage um, this week. Aren't you thankful for incredible pastors and leaders who lead us with integrity and heart? So pray for them. Pray that they're refreshed and have a great time. But we're going to be looking at why we can trust the Bible uh, next week. But today we're going to look at what is the message of the Bible and then how can we read it. And then we're going to take some time to worship at the end of our service and just lift God up. But in, we're going to start off from this scripture in Matthew 7 verse 24, if you have your Bibles. If you don't, um, look to the screen behind us. But this is Jesus speaking. He says this, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. And I love this scripture from Jesus. I love that he paints a picture of how we can build our lives. And in fact, really Jesus looks at it and he's looking at it and going, hey, this is a depiction of life versus death. Really, you can build your house on the sand and it may look good, it may feel good. I mean, I don't know about you, I'd love to have a, have a house on the sand on an island somewhere. It'd be beautiful. You wake up every morning, go for a fish, go for a swim. You'd be living the dream. But the truth is, is the foundations of the sand are not strong. Uh, they don't really hold up. And the reality is that no matter where you are in life, we're all going to go through storms. The rain will come, the wind will blow, the storms will come, the flood, uh, floods will come against our house, against our lives, and what matters is what we're built on. Are we built on the rock or are we built on the sand? And I believe that's the invitation that we have when it comes to God's Word, that it's a living Word, that God's inviting us to build our life on His Word, because God speaks through His Word. God wants to talk to us day by day through His Word, and we can be overwhelmed by the Bible, we can Maybe if you're fresh, you're going, where can I start? This is a huge book. Um, it seem, maybe se it seems un, uh, uncomprehensible or very complex or untouchable, but the truth couldn't be far from that. God's Word is very, very simple, but at the same time deep. It's touchable and relatable, and I believe it can change our lives. I believe the Word of God is living, that it can build a future that is strong for us, dependable, a healthy future. And so today we're going to look at the big picture of God's Word. And lean into it afresh. And I just want to encourage us that we're called to be people of God's Word. Maybe if you're fresh to faith, you're called to be someone who starts to pick up God's Word, engage with God's Word, know God's Word. For those of us who are mature in our season in Christianity, we're still called to continue to have a freshness in God's Word. To keep building our life on the rock. That when the winds and waves and storms come in this life, that we'll be able to stand strong through it all. Amen. We're going to pray and we'll jump into it. But Father, today we thank you. For your word, we thank you, God, for this season in our church, God. We pray, Lord, that as we step into this new series, God, that you would speak afresh into our hearts, God, that you would speak afresh into our lives, God, to be a fresh passion and zeal for your world, but also a practical ability, God, to step into it in a new level. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. 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 
Well, the overall, I guess, message of the Bible, I'm going to try and compact um, thousands of words into a couple minutes, so pray for me. But um, basically, the Bible is telling us a story of God and His creation. And the truth is, is that we can find ourselves in that story. That's why I love the Bible so much. But more than that, finding ourselves, we find God. It reveals God. You know, God, when He, in the beginning, the Bible says that He created a perfect world, that He created a perfect universe, that the earth, the universe, the animals, mankind, everything was in perfect synergy and harmony. And God created man in His image, the Bible says. He wanted someone to look like Him, to feel like Him, to speak like Him. God wanted family, right? And that's why He created mankind. Someone in His image, not a robot. God didn't want a robot that would just follow His orders and not have any emotive uh, relationship towards Him. But that there would be a choice in our humanity to love God. And on the other hand, was to reject God. And the truth is, is that in the garden, we look at Adam and Eve, the first um, humans that God created, is they had a choice in the garden. There was a tree that was put within the garden called the tree of choice, the tree of, of, of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible says that God spoke to Adam and even says, you can have whatever you want on this world. In fact, I've called you to be, uh, take dominion on this earth, to prosper, to multiply. I've called you to be great people. I've called you to be a great nation, great family. But just don't touch this tree. And when we look at that, it wasn't a restriction, but God, there was the reality that God wanted man to have a choice. And also that we were never created to know evil. We're never created to taste evil. We're never created to know the fallen nature of what evil brings or that rejection of God. But there had to be a choice whether we would choose life or whether we would choose death, whether we would choose God or choose to separate ourselves from Him. And mankind decided in the garden to turn away from God. And the truth is we can find ourselves in that story too. I definitely can. For myself, I've turned away from God many times. I've chosen, known what's right, but chosen the opposite. And that's the story of uh, the fall of mankind. We can find ourselves in that. But the beauty of God is that throughout the whole Old Testament, we see God continuing to chase after family, to chase after humanity, to bridge the gap, to bring relationship. We see that God speaks to a man named Abraham and makes a covenant with him. Makes a, it's like more than a contract. It's basically something you enter into that really you can't get out of outside of uh, without dying. So it's basically God speaks to Abraham and says to him, hey, I'm going to bless you. In fact, through you, I'll bless all the nations of the world. He, he says, you, you're going to be a great nation. You're going to be a mighty nation. And Abraham at this time couldn't um, conceive with Sarah, but he ends up conceiving, having Isaac and Jacob, and Jacob becomes Israel. He's with births and uh, births the nation of Israel, and through Jacob comes Joseph, and God speaks through Joseph, and moves through Joseph and protects Israel through Joseph. But in Joseph, the Israelites come into Egypt, and Egypt take him into captivity. We're doing a bit of an overview of the OT, and then Moses rises up, and God picks up another man. He sees his people, he hears his people who are in captive, and he speaks to Moses. He says, hey, I'm going I'm to be on you. My spirit's going to be on you. I'm going to lead people out of bondage and out of captivity. And he leads them through into the wilderness, and then he's leading them through the promised land. And who knows, that's part of our story too, that we were once in sin and we were once in bondage and we were once broken. But God comes into our story and brings us out of that. And sometimes we go through a wilderness, but God's taking us to the promised land. He gives the law to Moses. 
And in this law, 613 laws, there are civil laws, ceremonial laws, moral laws. And in this, we see that God gives the law to Israel to protect them, to make them set apart, to keep them different from the world because God was preparing to bring Jesus through Israel. As he said to Abraham, I'm, I'm calling you to be blessed and bless the nations. It was never about making Israel better than anyone, but about preparing them for Jesus. So he gives them the law for protection. Joshua goes on and takes them forward into the promised land. And then we see a long history of judges, prophets, and kings. These guys are pointing to a coming saviour. They're always pointing towards God. They're telling people there's basically a history of Israel walking away from God and coming back to God, going away from God and coming back to God. And it's the job of the prophets and the kings to say, hey, come on, you've got to turn back to God. He is life. He is the one that makes a way. And then there's a bit of time where God isn't speaking and we come into the New Testament where Jesus lands into the picture. And Jesus changes the game. Jesus is God who puts skin on. Jesus is God who comes to his people. Jesus is God who comes to love us, to restore us, to save us. Jesus changes the game because he comes and he takes the marginalized, he takes the oppressed, his people, the Jewish people at the time, are oppressed by the Roman emperor and the Roman people. And Jesus comes in and brings freedom, not in a political way, but in a spiritual way. He comes in, he delivers the oppressed, he brings the kingdom of God with grace and truth. He walks around teaching humans how to love again, how to forgive their enemies, how to pray for their enemies, bless their enemies. He literally turns it upside down. He turns the game upside down. And then he does the craziest thing that no one could comprehend at the time because they were expecting Jesus to come and revolutionize the world. They were expecting Jesus to come and set up a kingdom on earth that would overthrow the Roman Empire and bring justice on earth. But that wasn't what Jesus was coming to do. He was coming to set up the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven in our hearts and save us from the true reality of our souls, which were damned because of sin. Jesus comes to set us free from that, and he does that through giving his life for us on the cross. That God himself takes responsibility for his creation and goes all the way to the cross. The Bible says that the whole sin of the whole world was laid upon Jesus as he gives his life for us. He dies, and three days later, he rises again, defeating death, sin, and the grave. And then we have 2,000 years of church history and the book of Acts of people standing for the miraculous, building the church, seeing people, times, cultures, nations impacted with Jesus. The big things to the small things as God is speaking. And then we see that the Bible still speaks prophetically into the future, which I love. That we don't have to worry about how it's all going to end at the end of our lives or at the end of life here on earth. But the Bible says that God is restoring all things, that the justice of God will be achieved, that eternity will come, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, that there's a promise of the future to come. The Bible is amazing from beginning to end. We see a tree in the end that brings a curse, but the tree in the middle that Jesus hung on takes away that curse. It's an incredible book. From beginning to end, God is speaking that he has your life in the palm of his hands that he knows your future, that he loves you, that he has an incredible plan and a purpose with you. And day to day, it speaks to us. Day to day, it helps us build a life that's solid and strong, that helps us in our relationship with God, our relationships with each other, in our business, work life, school, university, marriage, family, 
God's desire is that through his word, we'll, bring a strong, we'll build a strong and healthy life. And I love that about God's word. It, it speaks to the enormity of the big questions of life, but it also teaches us day by day how to live, how to act, and how to bring strong lives. Amen? So how do we read the Bible? How do we read the Bible? This is not an exhaustive list of how to read the Bible, but we're gonna go through a few things that I think can help us. But the first thing is that we have to invite the author to illuminate his word. God wants to speak through his word. And God isn't asking us to read it in our own ability, in our own strength, but to lean into his spirit. And I don't know about you, but when I first came to picking up the Bible, I thought this thing is big, way too big for me to read. I mean, I don't know about you, I didn't pass high school. I wasn't, you know, the guy that was, you know, sailing through with A's and flying colours. I was one of the guys that kind of struggled a bit. The construction world was built for me. Um, But the Bible, to me, when I first found Jesus, I'd grown up with it, I'd heard a lot about it, but I had never really read it for myself. In fact, I was overwhelmed at where do I start with this? How do I engage with it? But it's just piece by piece. It's bit by bit. We don't have to know the whole thing. We don't have to come to it and feel like we are adequate to it, but we can just come to it and say, God, would you speak to me through your word? John 16 verse 13 says this, when this, this Jesus speaking, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. We've got to ask the Holy Spirit to help to speak to us in our moment and in our season. And some, uh, just a small practical thing that I, I like to do is called the, the SOAP analogy, or the SOAP um, analogy is not the right word, the SOAP acronym, which basically stands for scrubbing a scripture, S, O, obs- observation, what's your observation in it, A, what's your application in it, and P, how do you pray that practically into your world? And this is just an easy way for us to start grabbing the Bible. Instead of thinking you have to read 10 chapters a a day or hit the whole thing in 10 days, if you can just grab a scripture and go, hey, here's my scripture. What do I observe in this? How can I apply this to my world and my life? And then you pray, God, would you really solidify this in my spirit? In fact, uh, on the website, lifeau.org slash Bible, um, we've got some resource um, there that we'd love you to jump into if you're keen to jump deeper, but make sure you get on the website, website to learn that. Uh, jump on that, sorry. Matthew chapter four, verse four, and I love this scripture that it's our daily bread. Jesus says this is right at the end of his temptation. The devil comes to him in the wilderness and Jesus says, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every bre- uh, word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's what the Bible needs to be to us. That's what the Word of God needs to be to us. You know, if you don't eat physically, if you don't feed your body what it needs to keep going, we're not gonna last very long. You're gonna burn out. You're gonna find yourself at the end of yourself just in a physical sense. But it's true to the spiritual that we have to be feeding ourselves, that we have to be spiritually strong and growing. And the challenge is, you know, in in a world, in in our Western world, in our modern world, is where is our daily source coming from? In fact, what bread are we eating on? It's very easy for Instagram to be our daily bread. It's very easy for a podcast to be our daily bread. You know, we can just put that on as we're driving. And I'm not against um, podcasts, but I'm just saying, you know, where is our uh, consumption coming from? Maybe it's the news. There's gonna be a reality that if all we're listening to the news, and sometimes it's a lot of bad news, that we're gonna have a lot of anxiety in our world. 
And I'm not saying not to be informed, but the reality is we've got to have God's Word as our source. You know, Netflix, we can send hours and hours and hours and hours, but God's calling us to be sustained and satisfied by the pure bread of heaven. Amen? Second, second way is that we, can, that we read the Bible personally, but we have to do it together in community, aka the church. We're never called to do it alone, to live our lives in isolation. And when it comes to God's Word, we're never called to interpret it alone, to do it on our own accord, but we're called to do it together in community. In fact, the safest place to discover God's Word is to do it together, to do it in the protection of uh, togetherness, because God brings health in that. I love Psalm 1 verse 1 says this, Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and, does not, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff with the wind blows away. And I love that reality. It's a promise that if we're planted in the house, if we're planted in community, if we're planted in God's word, that there's gonna be a prosper, prosperous, fruitful life that God has for us. You know, the safest place, as I said, is in the church because the church has been discovering and wrestling with God's Word for 2,000 years. And we're not looking for something uh, new in the sense that the church hasn't discovered, but we're looking for something new and fresh that God can speak into our world and into our personal lives. You know, knowing people and talking it through, wrestling with the hard questions, this is how we do it together. You know, we've got to be careful as well that we're listening to the right sources. It's very easy right now on Instagram to hear uh, someone's opinion about the Word, but is it true? And is it, does it have a healthy life behind it? And I think that's the truth of it. We've got to be connected to people in relationship that are leading us forward. Three is that we connect the dots. The more we read, the more we see the big picture. See, the Bible is like a tree. You know, we can get up close to the tree. We can see the leaves. We can come up to one leaf and see all the details of the leaf. But then we can take a step back and see how each branch and each leaf connects and we can take a few more steps back and see how the trunk connects and then we can see the whole big picture. I think when we're coming to the Bible, we always gotta keep in mind the big picture. Scripture interprets scripture. That when we're coming to it, we're seeing the context of the whole Bible in that reality, that it is a big tree, but at the same time, those leaves will speak life into us, but we've gotta always keep it in the context of the big picture. That we're not running with one scripture in isolation, but we see the whole Bible together. You know, another way that we can look at it is in context is asking the question as what does it mean to them? What was God speaking to them back then? What is it speaking to us, the church? And what is it speaking to me? And I find that this for me is a personally a great way because it's making me discover God, not just putting me at the forefront of the story. Going in the collective space of what God's speaking to them, us and me, I can see God's word in a great way. Four, that we discover God's Word is alive. We discover God's Word is alive when we lean into it. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says this, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And I love this because the Word, God is saying here, hey, the Word is living, it's active. It's sharp. It's like a surgeon's blade. And a surgeon's blade is never there to inflict harm. 
though it may hurt, they, they, there may be some reality to when God, you know, starts to get in with that surgeon's blade, but it ultimately takes away what was bringing death and brings healing and wholeness to take place. It brings strength. God's word brings direction. It brings hope. It brings peace. It brings healing. It brings light and, and faith. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says this, that the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And that challenges me because it's, you know, really I put the challenge to myself and to us is are we being challenged and changed by God's word? You know, the truth is we never arrive. We never arrive in our Christianity and God's always wanting to take us deeper. And it's not about an intensity in that, but it's about intentionally going, what are we building on? God, what are you speaking into my world? God, how are you shaping me? Because we're called to build our life on God's world brick by brick, line by line, precept by precept, in community, day by day, that we're called to be building. You know, a popular term at the moment is that, you know, that people are talking about is the whole idea of deconstructing. And the reality is, is that it's really the opposite of what God's called us to do, which is building. It's taking down the whole structure and letting everything that's been built that's good and pure to be completely removed. And the truth is, you know, every time I've seen that, it's been obvious the, the underlying issue has been hurt or been offense. And right or wrong, I don't think the answer is to deconstruct and pull down the building, but I believe God wants to speak to us if we're in that space, that God wants to bring healing that God wants to bring reconciliation, that God wants to bring forgiveness, and God wants to keep building on what is true and pure and on his love. Five, that we understand it is the progressive revelation in the Old Testament and the full and finished revelation of God in Jesus. That we always got to put the whole Bible into the context of Jesus. That it's all about Jesus. That from beginning to end, it's pointing to Jesus. John 1 verse 1 says this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. And all things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, not one thing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness did not grasp it. It goes on in verse 14 to say this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace, full of grace and truth. And I love this because Jesus steps into the scene, into a broken world, into a world that's infected with sin, that the biggest problem really is sin, to a world where people are oppressed by the empire, where people are looking for hope, they're looking for life, they're looking for change, people looking for meaning, and it's not so different from the world today. You look around and people are still talking about these things and looking for an answer, and Jesus says, hey, you just gotta look to me. You gotta look to my forgiveness, you gotta look to my grace, that Jesus is enough no matter what you're going through, that no matter where you're at, that his word is enough, that his word will bind us, that his word will bring healing to us, that his word wraps our hearts and brings freedom, that his word changes everything. In fact, I'm gonna invite the band to come up and join me, but where personally do we need Jesus right now? Because it's his word that changes everything. 
It's his word that brings around about change. With one word from Jesus, the winds and the waves obey him. With one word from Jesus, sickness and disease fled. He opened blind eyes with one word. Those who were mute could speak with one word. The lame walked just with one word. The dead were raised in one word. The oppressed were free. Chains were broken. All of sin is dealt with in one word from Jesus. Death has been defeated because of his word. We've come from death to life and life more abundantly has been given to us because of his word. That when we're coming to the Bible, that we're coming to touch Jesus. We're coming to hear Jesus. We're coming to spend time with Jesus. That when we get into the Word of God, it is all about Jesus. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says this, that He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the Word of His power. After making purifications for sins, He has sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It's His Word that reveals who He is. And as we read how he's responded to humankind all throughout history, we find how we can know and live for him today. For that reason, as much as it has relevance to the people historically, it has relevance to us in our very moment, in our very pain, in our very struggle, in our heartache, in the good times, in the bad times, that it has relevance today. And our lives are a part of this unfolding story. This unfolding story of God, a God who so loved His creation that He stepped in, that He bridged the gap to come to know us, to build a relationship with us, to bring salvation to us. Romans 15, in fact, I'll ask us all to stand. Romans 15 verse 4 to 6 says this, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. That we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Jesus Christ had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Again, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what circumstance you're going through right now, but we do have a moment now to freshly encounter our God, to freshly put our lives again at His feet, to freshly worship, to freshly declare that He is the same God, that through it all, Jesus was at the beginning. He was there throughout the whole Old Testament, in the new, in the end, that it is Jesus who saves, it's Jesus who redeems, it's Jesus who is after us and we have a moment to declare that it is Jesus today who still gives us hope. That when we lift up His name's name, chains break. The atmosphere shifts, that miracles still happen. So I'm gonna pray and we're gonna worship, the team are gonna lead us. But wherever you're at this morning, come on, let's freshly declare and confess the name of Jesus. Father, today we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that Your Word brings life we thank You that Your Word brings hope. And Holy Spirit, as we lift You up right now, God, we pray for hope to be imparted into people's hearts. God, we pray for the atmosphere to shift in Jesus' Name. God, we pray for turnaround in every situation. 
God, we pray for healing in this house today in Jesus' name. We declare that you are the same God that moved mountains. You are the same God that parted the Red Sea, that today your power is here to move. And we declare in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, move in power. We worship you. Trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.